What's up? Welcome back to the Tickle the Twine podcast, coming out, coming back from a long off-season break. Um, it's been exciting in the NBA, but we've kind of taken some time off to get ready and gear up for the season. I've got two guys uh, with me for our preview podcast. We're going to go through the East and the West, um, predict our playoff teams, predict dark horses, disappointments, make maybe a crazy prediction here or there. Um, so we're going to just jump right into it without further ado. Uh, first off, I've got my guy Omar on the line. Omar, what's up? What it do? And then we've also got Thornton. How you doing, Thornton? Okay, what's up? So, um, so yeah, like I said, uh, we like to jump into it quick here at Tickle the Twine. Um, not big intro people. So we're going to start with the Eastern Conference. We're going to go 8-1 to one with our playoff teams. Kind of as we hit teams, we're going to talk about them. Our general thoughts on the team, why we think they're going to be slotted where they are, thoughts on the roster, and kind of move there um, across it. And we each have our own predictions that we've come up with separately. And so we might have teams at the same spots, might have different spots. We haven't seen each other's lists yet. So uh, without further ado, we'll get going. Omar, who do you've got as the Eastern Conference eighth seed uh, this season? This is tough because, like, the bottom of the barrel. Uh you know, Eastern Conference, like, there's always going to be a, a race to the bottom, really, on that eighth seed. But this year, I am going with the Detroit Pistons at eight. Okay. And and to me, I mean, I just think, I just think, like, with Blake on that squad, he's going to keep keep doing his thing, and they're going to sneak into the playoffs again, like. I just don't see a way they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have eight more teams that are better than that. I can obviously name seven that I think will uh, rank higher than them at the end of the season, but I can't confidently say an eight. Yeah, you can't. Conf- no, I, I, I think I, I, I get that. Um, I think Piston, the Pistons are. We kind of know where we where what we what you have with them they didn't do a ton of moves this offseason other than adding uh d rose joe johnson um they drafted siku Demboya, but what i've heard i've, I've got a, i know a guy who works for their g league team they expect siku to spend most of the season in the g league don't um as of, as of this juncture i talked to him last week about this he said uh siku's really raw right now they don't expect him to spend too much time up with the main team um, and and kind of given that, I think we're going to see a lot of what we saw last year when Blake, Andre Drummond, and Reggie Jackson, when they were all healthy, this team was slightly above 500 and playing solid playoff caliber basketball in the East, at least. And so you expect a similar similar thing this year. I do, um, and I just like outside of, like the top five of the East, I just don't think it's like there's too many other elite teams. So like that that eight. Seven, six seed, like that range is kind of wide open. Yeah, I, I think I have on my my own list. I think I've got six through ten. I think they can all kind of come out in any real order, um, and it and it's pretty much how you wanted to place it. For me personally, I think I have the Pistons outside of the playoffs, but I could easily see them sli- uh, s- uh, slipping in. They're over under. Um, is 37 and a half uh, right now with Vegas, and I would I would still hit the over for that, even though I don't expect them to make the playoffs. Thornton, uh, thoughts on the Pistons? Do you have them in the playoffs uh, yourself? Um, this year, I actually do not. Um, I would actually. This is kind of you're gonna might think I'm crazy, but I like what Orlando has going on. 
So you, so you, are you saying you have Orlando at the eight spot? I believe I do. Okay, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. I, I sound, I sound, I know it's a little crazy because we haven't seen, I guess, their team fully come together. But I think when I when I read about uh, the acquisitions, people are trying to trade for Jonathan Isaac. Um, Markel Fultz is supposedly completely. We haven't seen him fully play yet. I still, I'm still holding out hope, as a lot of people are. I feel like. Um, a lot of people want to see him do good, mm-hmm. um, but honestly, I really think that young team, if they're able to put all the pieces they really have together, I, I really think they can make it go in the eighth. Okay. I, no, I got that. Um, so do you have anything to add about the Pistons? We can keep talking about the Magic, but just see if you have anything on the Pistons before we continue. I would have to see the Pistons just because, one, Andre Drummond said he was working on that three and then threw it off the backboard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't see them actually making it work. Yeah, so I, I have, I have heard that too. I think Blake is going to be one of those guys that's a top candidate. If uh, the Pistons have a slow start to the season and they turn into sellers, that uh, the Blake could get get sent to a contender who wants to beef up for the for the playoff run. Um, you brought up the Magic. You have them slotted as at eighth. Omar, do you have the Magic in your top seven? I have the Magic at seven. Okay, uh, Brooks. I think you know this. I have. Bought all of the Marco Fultz stock at a bargain price. Yep. Because um, all the Sixers fans, even though they say they wish him the best, they were trashing his name when he was in Philly. Um, and I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. I, I still think they have a good young core. I'm hoping to see more out of Bamba. I'm hoping to see more out of Isaac. Some of those younger players. Okay. Uh, if they don't get traded. So, yeah, I think I have him at seven, and Fultz is going off, and I hope he drops 30 on the Sixers this season. Okay, yeah. Just to, yeah, just to keep the Magic talk going, um, because I actually have the Magic at six. Um, like I said earlier, I think the six through ten spots on the East can re- is really there's a bunch of there's there's five there's obviously five teams there. I think they could come out in any order. I've got the Magic coming at six. Um, I think the defense that we saw from them last year um, is for real, and I, I think it's going to continue into the season. Um, they brought in Al Farouk Aminu, which is another defensive-minded wing. He's a veteran that they can plug in if Isaac is having growing pains, and I like that fit. I too. Um, think Fultz is going to bring something this year. Whether or not the shot comes along, if he's just this athletic playmaker off the bench, that definitely brings something to the table um, that they can use because they do have other playmakers like Terrence Ross and Fournier, and DJ Augustine has worked well as a point guard for them and in their system. Um, And I think we're going to see a step up from Aaron Gordon in some way. Aaron Gordon seems convinced that he can do a bunch of stuff. And so I want to see what he can bring in, in the form of a next level to the table, and I think we're going to see it this season. I see, we've seen him drop. We've seen him drop forty before. So I mean, it's you know he has that clutch gene in him. It's just about that's what I want to see out of them, and can they make it consistent? And even with Bob, the only thing Bob needs is some pounds on him. He, he, <laughs> well, maybe he can get some from Zion, bro. yeah Zion definitely has some pounds to spare but we'll get to him um so we'll we'll move on uh I haven't done my eight yet because I have the magic at six for my eight I have the Brooklyn Nets at eight um and the reason I have them this low because I I don't know Kyrie bro hey 
Hold on, hold on now. Let me let me get into my stuff about them. Before before Brooks starts, his explanation is gonna pretty much equate to I hate Kyrie. But go that's, ahead, Brooks. That's not it. Um. I, th- I think the Kyrie part is certainly part of it, but I think I, I, I don't I don't I think we're getting into a little overhype with them too quickly. Kevin Durant's not gonna play this season, we know that. Um and I and I'm I'm worried, I'm interested to see how they handle the Jared Allen uh, DeAndre Jordan situation. Based on what we saw last year, Jared Allen is the better player, but DeAndre Jordan got paid because he's friends with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and he clearly had some hand in making this um pairing in Brooklyn happened, and so he kind of got the benefit of the doubt. He got more than he's worth contract-wise, and he got brought in, and he's probably got a promise to get significant minutes, and I think that will be a drain in some way, shape, or form on them, um, and because of that, that, that kind of worries me. Now, um, and that's why I have them slotted at 8th. It's just because I think that this 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 segment of the East is going to be competitive. I think there are going to be nights where they, they drop games. Yeah, I am worried about Kyrie. I'm worried about Kyrie health health wise. He's not. He doesn't stay on the court consistently. Um, we've already seen him struggle to integrate with a team of young um, guys who like to play hard and get after it on a nightly basis. That doesn't really vibe with Kyrie's style. We have seen that already. So how is that going to play out in Brooklyn when it's not much different than what he just left in a situation that kind of blew up in his face? Yeah, he's got his friends there with him to help out, but I don't know how much that's going to change the leadership dynamic there. Um, I think what will what can change here, what can change this situation is if Kenny Atkinson is willing to lean into Jared uh, Jared Allen more if if Torian Prince can take a step up and show more than what he showed in Atlanta and especially if we see a lot more from Karis LeVert I think Karis LeVert has more to give if he can stay healthy all season and he can kind of take step up and carry the load when Kyrie is out or when Kyrie's off the bench on the bench like when you know just because sitting when he's when he's out of the game I think that is going to make the difference and that's where I could see them sliding up a couple spots but otherwise I would rather be conservative on the nets and slot them here at eight and just be prepared for some dysfunction and some injury um, injury luck to go against them just because of the history of some of their main guys. And yes, the fit with Kyrie is on my mind. But where do you do you, do you guys have uh, the net slotted in your top eight? And if so, where? Shit, I mean, you, you definitely made some really, really good points there. But I mean, I had them at least close to the four spot. So you have them four? Um, yeah. Four, four, fifth um, on me, but usually I put them on the four spot. Uh, I think that they have what it takes. I mean, like I said, I don't. I kind of agree with you with the Kyrie situation. You have to. I, he would have to prove himself in this situation. He has to. He blew that whole leadership thing blew up in him. Blew up on him in uh, Boston, and I don't. I mean, Brooklyn. It, he's treating it like acting like Brooklyn never happened. I mean, um, like Boston never happened, but. I just need to see him play, and I know KD is not not the designated leader he wants to be, and neither is Kyrie. So, you know that's going to be interesting. I think you know the other part about um, Allen being the better player is actually pretty valuable as well because DeAndre Jordan has digressed major since you know leaving the Clippers, um, just getting old. But I I can see your your valuable points in those. I just don't think. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for the best because they still do have that team. Even though I feel like D'Angelo Russell probably I don't know why, but he somehow fit better there <laughs> than Kyrie will in my head. 
But, um, I mean, I definitely feel I'm going to put them at four, and if they do go worse and have that dysfunction, then, you know, it's definitely planned and slotted. Okay, yeah, no, that's fair. Like I said, I see. I, I think they're a high ceiling, low floor team, and that a lot of a lot they have, they've got a lot of outcomes possible. And so I'm just kind of banking them on them being closer to their floor than their ceiling, and you're banking on them being closer to the ceiling. Omar, where do you sit on them? So I have the Nets, I think, at five. Okay. Let me just address a couple of the points you put out there. Obviously, DJ is going to have to come off the bench and play 15 to 20, and. From from the interviews I've seen, he's more of going to be the uh, the adult in the room kind of guy. So hopefully he'll play his role. Exactly. Hopefully hopefully he'll play his role and you know won't pout about getting minutes because obviously the younger guys are better than him at this point. Um, second point is Kyrie and the whole Boston situation. That Boston situation was just you know it was it got it was bad from the start. It was cursed from the start. The whole Gordon Hayward getting injured, and then you had the young guys who were super confident playing well and almost made the finals without Kyrie. Um, you know, it was unfixable. I think Horford, Horford even said like, even though that team was immensely talented, there was no you know building that bridge back up. So that whole Boston situation. And even if, so the third point is Kyrie isn't very durable and he's going to get injured at some point in the season. And I think you kind of made an argument, Brooks, in the sense that uh, Brooklyn is already a talented squad. Obviously, you want to see more from LeVert. You have Dinwiddie, you have Jared Allen, Torian Prince. Um, I think even Sands, Kyrie, they're better than, I mean, the bottom half of the East, so that's why I still have them at five, and I think Kyrie's still going to play at least 60 games. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that addresses everything you said. The first one is, I hate Kyrie. The second one was, DJ's going to too many minutes. It's like, don't don't overgeneralize what I said. I'm just, I get your points, and I think your pushback is fair. Um, I'm just... Like I said, I'd, I'd rather be conservative with my project, projection of them rather than aggressive. They're not the team that I'm choosing to be aggressive on, and if that comes back to bite me, then so it will, and I'll admit that. Um, but but you do have them at eight. Yeah, I do have them in the playoffs. In, in, I, in the East. Yes, yes. Like I said, I have them at eight, but I've said I've the, the six through ten for me, the three teams in the playoffs and the two teams not in the playoffs in that group, I think will come out in any any order. And so, yeah, do I could I see them sliding up to six? Yeah, but I think, for me at least, six is their ceiling. I think eight is their floor, and I think they're going to fall somewhere in there. Um, and I chose to slot them at eight here because that's where I'm confident they will make the playoffs, but that's that's where my confidence ends with the Nets. Sure. Okay. We'll have to, we'll have to see. More will be revealed. So... Yeah. Um, move. Two years from now. We'll slide along. Um, Thornton, we need. Uh, we've already gotten Omar's number seven. So Thornton, let's grab. Who do you have at number seven? So my number seven. Home, bringing it for a home favorite here, but I I really like what Miami has going on. Um, right. Getting rid of. I mean, I obviously being a Heat fan, it's been the bumpy ride after you know the Heat. Bosch and LeBron days, but I'm happy to say that getting Jimmy, at first I was um, pretty so-so about it, I really didn't care, 
about it at first because I feel like Jimmy's using this as a vacation tour of some sort. Yeah. But after seeing them kind of work together, you, you know Bam's a hard worker. Um, you know Goran Dragic, he's a veteran in this league. And my favorite player who I talked to you about this a little bit, Brooks, but guy I'm really excited to see is my rookie of the pick is Tyler Harrow. The guy, I wasn't going to say anything until I watched that Orlando preseason game when him and Michael Carter-Williams got into it. And then I said, this guy right here has some dog in him. More than he's already, I mean, because the guy can talk. The guy's been talking since he got drafted. But it's it's actually good to see him panning out and working well with the team with the minutes he's getting. And I think the team's actually going to end up working well. I think Justice Winslow is going to turn a corner this year because I think Jimmy's going to push them. Um, and I think he's going to push them to another level. I think the team might respond to some to a, a superstar being on the team and kind of giving them that opportunity to take the next step. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, no, I that's fair. I, I like um, much of what Miami did as well. Omar, do you have Miami in the playoffs for you? Yeah, I, I have Miami at six. Okay. Um, yeah, just like with the acquisitions, like what Thornton was saying. Uh, I like Caro as well. I like Butler. Okay. Um, so you still got Coach Boat doing his thing. I mean, are they going to be a team I'm going to watch on League Pass? Probably not. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I, I that's probably, fair. No offense, Brooks. I probably would not be watching many Heat games, but I do think, like, with the assets they have, I can't see them not making at least a six seed in the East. Because, I mean, they got some dogs on their team. They got some good young talent as well. Yeah. Even though they have some bum- they, have, they have some bums on their team, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no. I, I mean, think, I think you know who I'm talking about. But don't mention his name. I mean, yeah, so their team their team is far from perfect. We know this. Um, but I think, um, and there are certainly players on their roster that I, I don't love. Um, they've started to remake the roster slightly. Um, at least they at least ejected the one person that I didn't like as much on their roster in, in Whiteside. But I actually have the Heat at four. Um, I'm kind of bullish on the Heat. And the reason is, is I like the combination of what they're going to do. They're going to play hard every night. They've got guys that are going to get down and play defense. They've got guys that are going to play make. Um, they can do very interesting things lineup wise with who handles the ball and who creates because they've got Jimmy, they've got Justice Winslow, they've got Goran Dragic. I'm comfortable with all of them creating. I'm excited to see what Bam does this year. I love how bullish uh, Thornton is on Tyler Hero. I'm still, um, I'm still uh, tentative. I like his shooting and his scoring ability. I do not know how he's going to fit defensively. Um, but I, I, the, the biggest reason that I have them at four is that I think that the continuity and the structure of the organization is going to carry them. They're going to be solid. They're going to be contending. And I think they're going to make a move when they need to. Um, because while I love Drogic's game, I think they're going to use Drogic as a chip to make a trade and get better wherever they can. Now, for me, I would hope that would be in the Blake Griffin, Kevin Love type situation of player getting an offensive four to play alongside Jimmy. I'm that's I would not like them to go after CP3. While even though he seems to be the prime target, I would prefer them go more towards a four who can shoot and score alongside uh, Jimmy rather than a one who's got to share the ball with Jimmy because um, clearly Jimmy wants to handle the ball down towards the end, and I like that for him. Um, but I just think they're going to compete on a nightly basis, and when you do that, you can scrape up these wins. 
um, in the league as we've seen before, and I think that they can get closer. You know, they can find a way to scrape into that mid forties tier, and I think that the the East is going to be such a dog fight that getting getting towards 44, 45 wins will be enough for the four or five seed, and that's where I'm going to I see them finishing up. So that's where where I have them. Um, but I I. I, I, I Brooks has no hesitancy or apprehension when it comes to Jimmy Butler destroying teams, but when it comes to Kyrie, you know, he's all in on that narrative. Well, so, 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 well, let's have a conversation here. Um, the, the 76ers were very successful last year, even with a headstrong Jimmy Butler and a bunch of young players who also seem to be significantly headstrong. The Boston Celtics collapsed in a flame. The Sixers' basement last year, I said said this to you, and I don't know if you'd agreed or not, but I said if the Sixers don't make the Eastern Conference Finals, their season is a dub. Like, they did not accomplish what they set out to accomplish. With a team that talented, if you do not make the Eastern Conference Finals, like, you've you've failed, in in my eyes. In my eyes, that, that season was a failure. That partly has to do with the chemistry issues that Butler brought about, and obviously we can we can go on and on about like how I thought Tobias made it maybe should have been integrated, and how Butler kind of took away from what Simmons did on the floor. But I, I'm just the I just want to point out this discrepancy between you sticking to that narrative with Kyrie, but when it comes to Butler, it's a little different. Okay, so if we're going to just use the specific example we're using, you're, you're grading the 76ers' season as a failure, even though they took the eventual champion to seven games. The eventual championship champion only beat them because their best player hit a shot that bounced on the rim six or seven times. Oh, and the 76ers' best player was sick and injured the entire series and still was far and away the best player in the series. So while on the other side of it, Kyrie's team lost... <laughs> In, four, in five games and couldn't didn't look like they deserved to be in the playoffs the last two games. I think what, what we're talking about here is, is, is apples and oranges. Now, if you want to talk about what Jimmy did in Minnesota, that's a fair conversation. And Minnesota was clearly a young team with... The, with young players that weren't ready to step up, and when Jimmy got in, got up in them, they were not ready to respond, and that wasn't okay. They also, Minnesota, did not have the organizational structure to handle what Jimmy was. The 76ers, while they still had young, headstrong players, had the players that were like, yeah, Jimmy, you're going to be this, this dude that's going to come in here with all this energy, but we can handle it. We've got this, and we're going to do it. And I think the Heat have young players that are willing to step up to the challenge. They also have an organization that's willing to step in and be like, we're going to support you, Jimmy, but you got to be on board with our stuff. And that's why I'm confident in it working. Kyrie has, Kyrie Kyrie went to a a great or, or pretty good organization in Boston. If you talk about like how they handle their stuff and still ruined things if you want to put it in those terms and that their their performance in the playoffs especially the last couple of games was absolutely horrible and it gives me no confidence com- sure. it gives me no confidence why would i be confident that Kyrie is just going to go into brooklyn and immediately have a ton of success based on his past record Kyrie is a great individual player and while you think i hate him i respect his scoring ability we've been doing an efficiency scoring study for the last month and Kyrie rates 
for off the charts on it, and his scoring ability is is top level. It's elite all time, not just elite for currently in the NBA, and I respect that. But like his team chemistry and his fit is still something that I I can have question marks about, and I think that's a fair thing to have. And that that's valid. that's the absolutely, only balance. Absolutely, absolutely valid. And just the last point I want to make on Jimmy before before we get off on the Heat, because um, you're obviously high on them. Four, I would I would assume is higher than most people have them on their list in the East, which is fine. Yeah. Last point I want to make about Jimmy, and you referenced the Minnesota situation, and obviously that that's low hanging fruit. That's why I didn't mention it. But uh, what I wanted to say is obviously. Like it's it's how the other players respond. Yeah. So if you think that the young Miami core will re- respond well to Jimmy and his attitude and him wanting his way, he's very headstrong. Then obviously I could see that ceiling being higher. But conversely, it could head in the other direction to where they do they get fed up with Jimmy very quickly if things aren't going well early on, mm-hmm. and it. it I mean, I, I don't think it'll turn into a complete dumpster fire where they don't make the playoffs. I have them at six again, but I'm saying like it can it could end up in a situation similar to uh, kind of his previous his previous teams. Yeah, That's no, all I'm saying. completely fair. And I think I I think I agree with you. I just believe that the Heat will the Heat's players and culture and organization as a whole will respond positively. But um, I think we've we've done enough on the Heat. Um, we've gotten. The seven and eight for you guys and filled in sporadically for others. My seven, we haven't filled yet, so we'll jump in with my seven. Um, my seven here is the Chicago Bulls. Um, I have them making the playoffs um, mainly on the back of I like what they did in the offseason. I like them getting Thomas Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young. I think both of those guys are underrated. I, I, yeah, I, love, I think both of those guys are underrated. Um, Thaddeus is gonna is gonna bring a veteran presence on the defensive end, especially Thaddeus is a, an extremely underrated defender, um, and and Sato can lead the offense at least until they they're more confident giving Kobe White the keys, whether it be in a starter role. But I think Kobe will get the keys um, in bench roles for now. And I just I like their mix of guys. I think Otto Porter is gonna continue to give them something solid. They've got uh, I think Wendell Carter will take a step up and be a little bit better this year. And also last year I think they underperformed. They had you know. They didn't lose a ton of time to injuries, but they had injuries here and there that I think kind of reduced how well they played. And I just think that um, they're the team where they've got a lot of young players that look like they're all in position to take a step forward. And if all their young players take a small step forward, they're they're all they're going to win a couple more games, and that should be enough to kind of get them into the playoffs and, and a little bit more competitive. Um, and so that's what I see for the Chicago Bulls, and that's why I have them in seven sneaking into the playoffs. Uh, where do you guys have the Bulls? Uh, Omar, do you have them in the playoffs or do you have them out? Uh, Brooks, just remind me who the Bulls' head coach is. It is Jim Boylan, and that's that's my number one worry um, for sure. But uh, <laughs> you got it. You, you know, you got to roll the dice sometimes. I like I like their group of players, um, and so that's what I'm I'm banking on their players being able to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like their front court more than anything, but the, the head co- the head coach question. I just have reservations on Boylan as a whole, and that's why I don't. I I probably have them at nine. Okay. And maybe and maybe like 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 you like you referred to earlier, like that those last couple playoff spots are going to be dog fights. So they could maybe they sneak in over Detroit. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
have them at seven over the Nets, I don't think I could justify that in my head. Yeah, but, no, I understand. Yeah, that's just where okay, I'm okay. at. Thorn, what do you think? Thorne, do you, where do you have, do you have the Bulls in your playoffs? Uh, no, I don't, but okay. I definitely see where you're at. I mean, I love, like I said, I, I mean, I, I definitely can agree with you, the young pieces and overall that roster can take a step. I believe I could see them fighting, like Omar said, I could see them fighting for an A spot, probably right there at nine. Because um, it's really just up to what all those young players, I mean, obviously we have to talk every year, but, you know, you have to see these teams respond. You have to see them work, how their chemistry goes. And, you know, a lot of teams have a lot of high ceilings and a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. They're one of those teams that have that hope for, you know, they drafted very well. Um, and they're going to have that opportunity to have all of those players kind of be in their second, third, and fourth, year, fourth years. Um and all kind of have, they're creating the culture. So, you know, I definitely can see that, you know, this could be a year that they definitely could sneak into the playoffs um, and surprise a few people, especially, you know, when when Kobe White dropped, what, 29 in the preseason. I know it's just the preseason, but, you know, when I watch those games, like I tell you, Brooks, when I text you, Mm -hmm. so everyone knows Brooks hates me when I talk to him about the preseason because I get a little extra hype. Brooks Brooks shuts me down immediately. Thornton's all bought into preseason hype. Thornton loves the preseason hype. Literally just sits there and tells me. uh, Brooks actually played a damn joke on me and goes, um, I forgot to the season start. Did I miss it? I was like, all right, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, um, I definitely do get love to watch the preseason just to see how teams' chemistry works. And seeing Kobe White drop 29 fluently without an issue, um, you could see him. He was he was digesting the game very well, and even shooting 6 of 8 from 3 obviously helps. But um, the kid's fast, and I think he's really going to help that, that roster take another step as well because, you know, Zach Levine likes to push it. You catch Zach Levine in the open space, he's dunking on somebody. Um, you oh, too much space, you get Laurie Markkinen in the corner, and then Wendell Carter's a big guy who can you know, also hit a little close mid-range and then also get those rebounds for him and play great defense. So, yeah. I mean, I, your points are very valid in the Bulls being a good top team. I yeah. see if everything goes well, barring the coach too. You, I think they could be a good team. I, I can agree yeah. with you on that. No, yeah, I, I understand the hesitancy. I get it. Um, I'm worried about Jim Boylan too, but um, I, I'm com- I, I like their uh, roster. I like their front court rotation, and I think that's gonna put them in position to t- to, to to compete for the playoffs. They're my dark horse um, to make the playoffs in the in the East. All right, uh, we kind of need to pick it up. We're a little bit behind uh, pace here. So, Thornton, who is your number six? We need your number six next. Uh, my number six is. I'm going to be quick on it, but obviously it has a lot of questions, but I'm going to say the Pacers. Okay. Um, I did like like the move the Pacers made. Uh, obviously, you have to see how Oladipo is going to be again when he comes back. Yeah. Um, and you got to see, I, I really loved Miles Turner, the fact that he was almost getting, I think it was about two blocks a game last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually great as far as his points and it was just exciting to actually see Miles Turner um, step up and fill out his potential and I think he can actually go even further Yeah, so no. I think he'll be able to carry him with Malcolm, adding Malcolm Brogdon and a few other pieces on that team I think I think they'll be a pretty good team um, and adding Oladipo giving some help if they all work together it should be a good team yeah, no, yeah. Miles Turner had uh, 2.7 blocks per game, so like his he's definitely stepped it up defensively last season. Um, Omar, do you have the Pacers in the playoffs for you? 
Yeah, I have the Pacers at four, I okay. believe. I, I, I liked the pickups they got. Obviously, you know I'm high on Brogdon. Um, and then, obviously, Depot's out, but... How, how long is Depot out till Brooks? Um, I'm not sure. I can double-check that, though. I, I believe it's... I don't think he's out till All Star. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't think it's till All Star. I think is where the, is the timetable. Okay, so that is a significant amount of time then. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I still I still think they have a, a solid team, and I just love the the additions they made this offseason, Even though uh, you know they lost Bogdanovich, but. Um, yeah, I'm I'm high on the Pacers just because they they come in ten hat, you know they do they do the little things well. Um, yeah. I don't know. Obviously, the the depot injury is gonna be a detriment. Yeah, I to do. them, and they maybe they fall a couple spots from where they have them from so, where I have them. So yeah, um, so yeah, you've got Pacers got Thorns got the Pacers at six. You have them at four. I actually have the Pacers slotted at nine um, for me, just outside of the playoffs. And the reason is um, the recent news that they're already looking into trading uh, Demontis Sabonis. They they don't even seem willing to give it a run with him and Miles Turner together. It seems like extension negotiations negotiations has have broken down. And I think um, I really like their roster. Other than other than losing Thad Young and Bogdanovich. Basically, everything else about the roster I really enjoy. I think adding Brogdon, and especially I think Jeremy Lamb and Goga Badatze are going to be underrated pickups for them. But the not having Oladipo for a while and the already willingness to just kind of sell out on Sabonis, given how good I, I'm, I'm big on Sabonis and how good Sabonis is, kind of just is like, those are immediate red flags for me. And so I just think that, you know... If you're already not willing to give it a try, you know, you. I think this, I, like I said, I think this bottom half of the East is going to be so close that, you know, you drop a couple games just because of some turmoil or you're not, you don't have all your ducks in a row. And I think that could be enough between, you know, making the four, five, or six seed and being out of the playoffs. And I think that's what we're going to see with them because I still think they're going to win somewhere like 42 games. I just have everyone above them also winning between 42 and 45 games. And I think that's going to be the difference for them. Um, however, obviously, if they decide to keep Sabonis, they play out the first couple weeks of the season. They come to, to terms on an extension and it works. I'll obviously look silly for this and I'll be willing to own up for it. But just right now, I think the, the fact that the organization is already looking to make that move has got, has got my uh, antennas up worried about them. Um, and that's why I'm hesitant on them. They also picked up TJ Warren for peanuts. They did, they did, I, and that's I a big. That's, forgot about that's that. a big pickup yeah. too. So I just yeah, the bonus thing that's worrying me as well. But I, I just think all the moves they made this offseason, uh, the thing that would worry me the most is really just Depot being out. But yeah, I just yeah, being, no. and being at night. That's a surprise there, Brooks. Yeah, it's I, I it's the I, I don't know. It's the one I'm very like about. You know. You got to make some tough choices here, and, and that's, it's a tough choice I made. So um, that's where we're at. All right. So next up, um, so we've already gotten four through eight for Omar. So Thornton, we're missing your five. Uh, who, who's your five? My five comes in. Uh, I so I roughly grilled in. That's where I told you all. I'd either have Brooklyn or possibly my other pick is Toronto. 
Okay, so you got Toronto um, at five? Cause you, you yeah, just, if you really look at that Toronto roster, I really feel like, I mean, in the East, I feel like they'll be pretty good teams still. Personally, I watched a lot of Toronto games last year, and I felt that Kawhi saved them a lot, <laughs> more than you could imagine. So I'd love to see that team step up in general, since they have a lot of the same team still together, most of the main pieces intact, besides a few, um, you know, Danny Green, Kawhi, and I believe a few others that they may have lost. But, you know, other than that, I would say that I'd put them there with some skepticism that they may not do as well. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, I f- uh, Omar, where do you have Toronto? Because I feel like you might have them higher than five. <laughs> so I, I, I just figured out I'm running out of places. I might may have messed up my standings, but yeah, I do have Toronto higher than five. Where do you have uh, Toronto? <laughs> Well, I guess the only place I could put them is at number three, right? Okay. I, I, um, I also have Toronto at three on my on my list as well. So yeah, no, we, I, I still I still think Toronto's kept its core. Uh, I mean, Brooks was dumbfounded at what Van Fleet did last playoffs, but I think he's a dog. Well, I, if, I, if, I, if I think. Don't act like you predicted the way he shot. Someone shooting eighty percent from three over, you know, four over three games like he did is not within anyone's expected production, except for maybe like Steph Curry and a couple other guys. And Fred Van Fleet is not on that list. So like acting like me being dumbfounded is absurd. He had a kid. kid, Yeah, that should almost make you expect less. No, no, no. The 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 analytics. Uh, All right, just. Just get back on, because just just get back on, because I'm high on Toronto this year as well. So let's come on. Okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, aside from me being sarcastic, anyways, yeah, uh, I'm hoping that OG takes that next step this season. I know there's a lot of things that went on last season. Yeah, I think his father passing. He had multiple injuries. Um, really didn't get to be integrated into that squad. With I think I mean with Pascal really, you know, separating himself from from OG and I thought they were somewhat on the same level like two years back and Brooks was higher on Pascal and I gotta give it to Brooks he was obviously totally right but I'm hoping OG can take some take take the right steps in the right direction uh-huh. to, you know develop there um, I mean I like the Hollis Jefferson piece uh, I still think they have a solid squad. I mean, obviously Gasol is aging, so there's going to be some backslide there as well. That's the one thing that does worry me. Yeah, I, I think, um, like you said, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what OG does. I think Pascal is going to take another step up. Um, I Obviously, this was a joke, but at the heart of Pascal fever last season, I said Toronto should trade Kawhi and, and, and clear out for Pascal. But... Um, <laughs> That was obviously a joke, but I do like. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what Siakam does this year, um, as a as a as a having more opportunities. I do think the worry with Toronto is if um, they they could they're just like kind of not like Detroit, but in a similar situation. If for whatever reason they start out slow or something happens and their team doesn't get off the ground, I would not put it past Masai to say 
Let's see what contender wants Lowry. Let's see if a contender wants Gasol. Let's see if a contender wants Ibaka. And he trades them, he picks up assets, and he says we're going to play for next year or the year after. That's certainly a possibility, but I think the resilience of this group um, is definitely at play. Um, I do expect Gasol to come out of the gate slow. He played a lot of basketball this summer. He did a lot of celebrating as well. Um, but otherwise, I think um, I think they're going to have what it takes to kind of be in the top three of the East once again. And so um, I'm excited to see what they've got. Uh, I think Fred Van Fleet is a solid player, despite my, my um, astonishment at his postseason performance. So with that, uh, I'll move on to my number five team in the East. I have this Boston Celtics slotted at number five. Um, and so... Uh, I'll, I'll give a little spiel on them and see if either of you guys have the Celtics left in your playoff lineup. Um, I've got them here at five. I think they're going to miss Horford, and not only Horford, but I think they're going to miss Horford and Baines a lot. Um, I think their defense is going to take a significant step back because of that. Um, just both of those guys were defensive anchors, not only in the fact that they played really good defense, but they knew where everyone else needed to be, and they can kind of quarterback the defense when both of them went out there, either together or separate. Um, and I think they're going to feel that. But the, the counter to that is I think Kimba's going to integrate well offensively with the rest of their pieces. I think both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going to take steps up. Um, I think they're going to get the shots that they need to kind of continue to grow. Um, I expect Gordon Hayward to be closer to what we saw from him in Utah. Um, Marcus Smart seems primed to have a just stud defensive year, at least on the perimeter for him. And then Marcus Smart called himself a stretch six today. Sorry, yeah, well, that, that that's peak Marcus Smart for you right there. Um, um, I'm also a big I'm big Grant Williams guy. I think his short roll ability and his playmaking ability offensively is going to be huge for them. I think he's going to play some small play small ball center at times. He's going to play a lot of power forward. He's going to do a lot of different stuff for Boston. And I think we're going to see him do a lot of fun stuff for them. He's a, that's a great fit. Um, and then. Enos Cantor certainly has his defensive issues, but I like what he brings offensively. I think they're going to be fun to watch offensively. They're going to struggle defensively, but in the end, they're going to have enough to compete for that 4-5 seed. Um, and hopefully, they're just a little bit more entertaining. Where it's, it's a little bit more fun of a Boston team. I think they kind of got dragged down by the Kyrie drama last year, and hopefully we kind of get see a little bit more of an upbeat level from Boston uh, this year. Um, do either of you guys have Boston left? Uh, Omar, you have only two spots left. Thornton, you have three. Thornton, so I would assume, Thornton, do you have them slotted third for you or higher? Yeah, I had them at three. Okay. Um, I'm not as high. Um, the one person on that team, I think I agree with you. Uh, definitely all this stuff about Al Horford, Aaron Baines, those guys are going to be missed heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, they, I think they will have a little bit more of a fast-paced game on their team. One thing I'm pissed off, and I'll just touch about the Celtics, is they just keep drafting great talent. And it's guys that I want to see go on different teams throughout the league. Like you mentioned, Grant uh, Grant Williams. I'm thinking Carson Edwards, mm-hmm. even Taco Ball. Those are all guys that can put in great minutes at many organizations. Yep. And it's, it's going to see how interesting to see. Like you said, they have plenty of lineups. I think Brad Stevens is the perfect guy to manage that. But overall... I really want, I'm really excited to see them. I'm not as high on Jalen Brown. I really think that even with the contract stuff going on this summer, um, them not wanting to give him that max, I, I kind of agree with it. Uh, okay, fair. It's, it's not, I'm not sold on him. Like, he yeah. really hasn't done anything that, you know, necessarily 
you know, he's 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 a defense. He'll he plays defense, great defense. He plays, you know. So I don't think his offensive game has taken. Uh, that's what I'll say. His offensive game hasn't taken the step that I wanted. Okay, wanted to yeah, see that's fair. And that's basically it. Um, yeah, and I think uh, it's Jalen Brown is one of the first names mentioned as a possible guy that gets sent to the Pacers in exchange for Sabonis, which would be interesting uh, if that actually plays out. But that's something to have on the radar. Omar, whether it was a counting error or a thing error, it, do you have Boston listed as one or two, or do you, would you have them out, or do you want to reorder what you've presented? How do you, or do you, just so, want, or do you just want to move on and just let's just go on to the final two teams? No, complete oversight on my part, but I don't have a complete oversight on my part of not having Boston, not even thinking about Boston. But I, I would probably put Boston at eight instead of Detroit. Okay, at eight. Um, I'm not high on Boston at all for the reasons you listed. I think they're going to take a huge step back defensively, and that was kind of their bread and butter. And also, I don't like the nucleus of Hayward, Brown, and Tatum. Like, I feel like one of those guys has to be moved. Okay, that's um, fair. I just don't. From what I've seen on on the basketball floor and. Like the numbers I've seen, I just don't, I just don't like that Nicholas. And it, like you're saying, if Brown gets moved, so be it. I'd rather see Hayward get moved. But until one of those guys gets moved, I don't have them higher than eight. Gotcha. Um, just mainly because of defensive concerns and chemistry issues with those three wing players. Yep. No, that's uh, that's fair. And I do, th- I, I do think to reach their peak, one of them will get moved. It's just a. Uh, who will who will it be? And I think Thornton might be right where it'll probably be Jalen Brown. But um, that's enough with those. I think we all of uh, all three of us probably have the last two teams, some order of the Milwaukee Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers. And so um, I'll ha- I'll say the order I have them in. Um, then I'll get the order from each of you two, and then we can just talk about them uh, before we move on to the West. I have the Bucks one, and then the 76ers two. Omar, how do you, what order do you have them? I have the Giannis one, okay, and I have Embiid two. Okay, Thornton, what about you? <laughs> uh, I guess I have the same thing as that. Okay, so we all have the same, so we can kind of talk about them nebulously um, and and just kind of wrap up the East together. Um, I, and the way I'll do it is I'll just I'm gonna talk about both of them and then tell you which one of the two I'm picking as my East champion and then I'll throw it to each of you to do that um, and then we can move on to the West. Um, I think the, I have the Bucks one. I think they'll be the better um, regular season team because I expect Giannis to take a step up um, regular season wise. I think their system is gonna work in the regular season. Um, I want to see how they adjust to not having Malcolm Brogdon and exactly what we see from Bledsoe and George Hill. I think Bledsoe and George Hill played really well in the regular season last year, but they both um, had spots in the playoffs, but for the most part kind of fell off, especially in the Toronto series, and that was part of the reason they lost that series. Um, And that's worrisome for me. I do think we're going to see step backs from them, but the level of their step back will kind of dictate what what happens to the Bucs once we transition into the playoffs. But I think Giannis is going to put together another uh, top-tier MVP-level season. I don't know if he'll win the MVP, but it'll be an MVP-level season for sure. Um, And that'll get them the first in the East. I've got the 76ers second, um, mainly just because they're over. They're turning over a ton of their team, so there's going to be a little bit of getting all the pieces fit together. But their talent level is just—I think they've got the most talent in the East, and I think they're—I think it's a good margin 
Um, they're going to be incredible defensively. I'm super excited to watch this team defensively. I think Richardson fits in perfectly. I think the questions on who's going to guard opposing point guards are overblown because I think Richardson can do that. He showed that ability in Miami, and I think that's going to work. Uh, Horford gives them the ability to 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 kind of not only uh, run him and Embiid, kind of stagger their minutes when they play together, but also let each other take games off and still not lose something on the defensive end at the center position. Um, and I think the biggest question for them is who's going to take over and do the scoring in crunch time. But um, I think by the end, if they can manage the minutes and get the right, if Embiid peaks at the right time in April and May, I expect to see the uh, 76ers as the East representative in the NBA Finals. And so that's my breakdown. Um, Thornton, I'll kick it to you, let you go next. Uh, what do you think of these two teams and who's your East champion? It obviously doesn't have to be one of them, but just give it to us at, by the end of it. Um, I, I definitely went, saw, we all saw Milwaukee is, you know, they're reassembling their team and they're, you know, fortifying that that foundation behind Giannis. And I think, I think it's going to be great, but I think the acquisition of Horford to the Sixers, it's almost like the Sixers knew the one person that can stop Giannis or has the best success against stopping Giannis, uh-huh. they went and got, um, so I actually give the Sixers the edge, being that they went and got, first you mentioned all those points for the defensive, helping out Joel Embiid in his minutes is going to be huge. He, he he can't play a full season. Um, he hasn't been able to prove it. And you need to, he's your best player, but you need to be able to have him when you need him. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Horford getting that, plus the defense of Horford and the, you know, the defense of, even Sims and Embiid, Simmons and Embiid having those big bodies on the floor, even one off and one on, it's. I think their defense is going to take a step, and that's going to push them into easy transition. Um, and just to win the East, uh, if they're going against Giannis, I don't think Giannis is going to be able to crowd in through that lane with those guys standing there. So um, I really have the Sixers going um, the first five in the East. Then. Oh, you have the Sixers first? Okay. And then you have them win in the East? Okay. All right, Omar, what is your, your thoughts on these two teams and your East champion? Yeah, just really quickly. Uh, I mean, the Bucks did lose some players that I, I, I like for them. Obviously, Brogdon, I think Meritage went to go play in, in Europe. Yeah, he, he, right. left, he left to go back to Europe. Shout out to Meritage. Love that move for him. They did end up picking up, I believe, the other Lopez brother. Yep. And... Wes Matthews, which, uh, yeah, those are fine moves. Um, look, here's here's the thing. I mean, uh, Middleton's going to have to come up and play at a bad, bad deal level for them to get past the Sixers. Um, the one thing about the Sixers I don't like is that I think they're a little thin on the on bench, mm-hmm. and I do you think Budenholzer is a better coach than Brett Brown? Okay. Um, from from what I've seen and from the adjustments they've made in the playoffs, um, like Brooks alluded to earlier about staggering minutes. Hopefully, Brett Brown can figure that out. I think that'll be uh, the biggest part of them unlocking success, especially in the playoffs. Is um, Brett Brown really st- staggering those minutes and finding uh, those key five players that can hold down the fort when, you know, a superstar is off the floor, when Embiid's off the floor and whatnot. Um, yeah, but this is tough for me. I still have the Bucks going over 
the Sixers and making the uh, finals just because, I mean, I'm not be- I'm not betting against Giannis this season. Uh, I'm not going to bet against Chris Middleton. Um, All right. And hope and hopefully my 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 biggest you know drawback with the Bucks is Bledsoe's so hot and cold in the playoffs. You know. Yeah. Um. So hopefully he gets some of that juice from Fred, whatever Fred Wheat was drinking last season. Man. Yeah. And okay. uh, that'll that'll have them over the top making the finals all right well that'll uh wrap up the east for us um we have one dissenter in who the east champion is going to be both me and thornton have the 76ers as the east champion omar thinks it's going to be the bucks so let's move over to the west and see who's how we have the west west playoffs going to shake out and also who is going to be the west champion so um, I'm going to kick it off here on the west um with an eight seed i've got the spurs um as the eight seed in the West, um, I think what we're going to see here is I've got him eight just because I don't want to bet against Pop. I think he's going to figure it out. I'm interested to see what their offense looks like last year. Despite having a limited array of three-point shooters, they managed a top-five offense just because they had two of the most elite mid-range shooters in the game in Aldridge and DeRozan. I want to see if we see something similar from that from them this year. They change it up again. Um, They've got uh, Derek White and Jonte Murray, who I'm excited to see both of them play. I think Lonnie Walker and some of their uh, other bench pieces are going to give them something. And it's just, I don't think that they have the most talent in the West for sure. I think they're kind of, you know, almost towards the bottom when it comes to overall talent. But I just, I don't want to bet against Pop and the rest of his coaching staff kind of figuring it out and them just kind of scraping along. And then next thing you know, they've got that eight seed and they're in the playoffs once again. Um, do either of you guys have San Antonio in the playoffs for you? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I can just do this quickly for all those reasons listed. I, you listed, Brooks. I have the Spurs at eight as well. I'm not betting against Pop. And I think Aldridge was taking some threes in preseason. So, I, like you said, I'm interested to see what their offense will look like this season. Hopefully the floor will open up a little bit more but yeah i agree i'm full full agreement there okay thorn do you have them in in the playoffs for you yeah i actually have them at the eight as well so okay. agreement there <laughs> my only my only addition is going to be the step of a fully healthy Dejounte murray my yeah. man locked up james harden the oh, other yeah. day and dropped a bucket on him i want to see this kid play full season all right well Thornton, why don't you keep going? Who do you have as your seven seed in the West? Oh, I kind of. All right, I kind of. I'm kind of shaky on this one because I feel like it could it could fluctuate a little bit between seven and four for me. Um, <laughs> all right, but I have Portland. Okay, all right, go ahead. Um, I believe Portland. Obviously, we know the acquisitions they made: getting Hassan Whiteside, uh, keeping Rodney Hood, drafting a Sierra Little. Um, so I think we already know Dame and CJ are going to bring what they bring. Um, getting those guys and adding, I know you're not so high on Hassan, but I know that they have Nurkic as their backup when he comes back fully healthy. Um, I feel like he'll give them that, that small offensive scoring anchor. If Hassan, if he's motivated and we see young Hassan again on the defensive end and uh, they get him kind of involved in the in the uh, 
offensive game, I feel like he could be a valuable asset to that team. And if those rookies they pick uh, end up, you know, panning out, I, I think they'll be a good team at seven. So okay, um, with with ways to surprise people. So they surprised everyone last year. All right, Omar, do you have Portland in the playoffs for you? Yeah, I agree with uh, Thorin. I got Portland in seven at as seven? well. Okay. Yeah. Tamer- for, for all the reasons he listed. Okay, so for all the reasons he listed. I have Portland six. I have them a step above. Um, mainly, I have them. I think six is low for them, and the only reason I have them low is because Nurkic, Nurkic is going to be out with his injury. Um, Thorne, just to correct you, when Nurkic comes back, he will be the starter. Nurkic is significantly better than Whiteside, both offensively and defensively. Um, and, uh, 100%. Um, and so I expect when he comes back, he will return as that offensive uh, hub and that defensive anchor. I think the key for them will be how do they handle, how much of Nurkic can Hassan approximate? What kind of energy does Hassan bring? Um, you know, I hope it goes well for him. I didn't. I don't like his game. I didn't like him in. I didn't like his up and downness in Miami. But I hope he gets it figured out and he brings it in Portland and he kind of has a second shot at his career. That would be awesome. Um, I'm also worried about how Portland adjusts without Harkless and Aminu. Harkless and Aminu just kind of seem like you know they they both got picked on in the playoffs because they didn't shoot very well, but they were these defensive guys that were solid and 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 played their role well around CJ and Dame. And without them, they've got to kind of plug and play in other wings who I think will bring something. You know, Rodney Hood's got some stuff. Mario Hazonia, Nasir Little, Kent Bazemore, they all all bring something. But we get we we don't know. I don't think they're going to be as consistently good defensively as we saw what they had, and so that'll be interesting. And so that's why I have them as low as six, but. Um, I still think they're going to be solid. We're going to see the wins from them. Dame and CJ are going to bring it every single night. We're going to get a couple good Dame time games. You know he's going to put up big numbers. You know he's going to close games well. And I still think they're exciting. Um, I just I'm, I'm interested to see if if we've seen their ceiling and if they can if that Western Conference Finals appearance this last year was their ceiling and if if there's any way for them to go above it unless um, they make a trade because I think they are one of the top guys to go out and make a deal go out and get kevin love go out and get blake griffin i think this is one of the teams they have the contracts to make it work because once Nurkic comes back Whiteside becomes expendable this is one of the teams that's going to going to probably be aggressive in that market and if they make that move i think that puts them on the top tier of contenders in the west it just it just depends on if they make it and when um and so i have them at six uh so to round out seven i'll put in my seven I have the Golden State Warriors at seven, um, and I'm a I've been big on um, Golden State for a while um, before even before they got Durant. I'm low on them here just because when you go over their roster, they are pretty thin um, after their top line. You know they're gonna roll out Steph Curry and Draymond Green, two All Stars, two All NBA players every single night. Um, and get a ton from them. They're going to roll out D'Angelo Russell, who himself is an all-star, every single night. But then after that, it gets thin. I'm, I'm a big Willie Cauley-Stein and Kevon Looney. I, I like both of those guys as rotation bigs who are going to do their job. They're going to be solid starters. But then you're just kind of plugging in pieces. You're plugging in Glenn Robinson. You're plugging in Alec Burks. You're plugging in Marquise Chris. You're plugging in rookies like like Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. And it's just like... How, how much do they get above, you know, replacement level? And that's going to kind of determine if there's any additional injury outside of, you know, because Clay is hurt. If there's any additional injury, you know, they risk not making the playoffs. Now, I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm not going to bet on them not making the playoffs, but I do worry about it. I think we're going to get some peak Steph. I think we're going to get a return to pre-Kevin Durant MVP level Steph where he's 
he's he's bursty in 30 and 40 point games and he's having games where he's hitting 12 13 threes again and stuff like that um and i think they're good that's gonna what's gonna be needed to carry them but i would also expect to see them in games where they know they don't really have a chance you know it's all in uh, it's, they're coming off a back-to-back or a road trip and they're in philly we're gonna see them take the pedal off the gas because they know that's a game that they're probably not gonna get and there's no reason blowing all their energy on a game that they're just going to lose anyway. And they're, they're going to need to focus on cleaning up against the weaker teams to make sure that they can fight their way into the playoffs. And then we'll see when Clayton comes back and what he can give them. Um, do either of you guys have the Warriors in your top eight? Yeah, I have them at six. Six. Omar, what about you? I have them at six as well. And I agree with you on the thinness of the bench and the other plug-and-play players, but okay. like you said, I think I think we're going to see that return to MVP step, and he's just going to yeah. will that team will that to, team. to the succeed. Um, but going back to Portland, if they do get Kevin Love, they're definitely contenders. Yeah, that would be that would be a crazy turn of events, but. As constructed right now, that their last season was their ceiling. Yeah, no, I I agree, but I think they're in the driver's seat to get Kayla to get to make a move like that because they have the contracts to make it work. They have the willingness, and they need they getting a third fiddle and even if you could technically be a fourth guy when you count Nurkic in there, it would be huge for them. Um, so moving on to number five, Omar, who do you have at five? I think this top five will probably we'll all have the same five teams in the top five. It's just going to be interesting what order we see them in. So go ahead, Omar. All right, coming in at number five in the Western Conference, I have the Minnesota. <laughs> what if I put the Timberwolves there? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we go? No, I actually have the Utah Jazz here. Okay. Um, I'm actually pretty high on the Jazz. I'm just putting them here in, in the regular season. Um, I like all the pickups. I like all the moves they made. Obviously, I mean, Brooks, Thorne, you probably know this too. I'm a Conley fan. Um, love, love his game. Love the Bogdanovich pickup. Um, but... I mean, just like the, the rigor of the regular season and just because on any given night in the Western Conference, um, you know, they, they, could, they could drop a, a string of games, uh, especially while, while they're still figuring it out. I just have them at, coming in at number five. Okay. Thornton, where do, where do you have the Jazz? Um, well, I, had, I actually had them, had them at number five as well. Okay. They were teetering on four and five with me. That's fair. Um, but I couldn't put them in front of Houston on my book just okay. because I, I like all the pickups as Omar said as well. Um but it's that team you just you just gotta see that. They moved a lot of pieces. Adding, you know, two major ball handlers to a team, that is real chemistry talk because those guys have to come in and not only command the offense, but they also have to command that respect from their teammates as well. And I think Mike Conley would do a good job, but this is his first time playing competitive ball in many years. So I think it's going to be good to see from him. So, like, he's been playing great his past few years, but, you know, just been overshadowed in Memphis. But I think it's going to be good to see him in a limelight. I just can't – I don't think they'll be um, above five. Okay. And and how does that work out with Donovan Mitchell as well? So, like, he yeah. should be more awful. So that's fair. Um, I have the I have some reservations. I have the Jazz three, um, and the reason why I have them three 
um, is actually, Omar, I think the rigor of the regular season, the Jazz are one of the teams that is kind of uniquely uh, designed to benefit them. Um, the Jazz are often either the front side or the back side of the Denver back and back or, or back to back. So teams will go to Denver and Utah in a road trip together, and I think that benefits the Jazz because usually they're the second stop for a lot of Eastern Conference teams and some Western Conference teams. That gives that puts them in a position to pick up easier wins, and I think that lets them bolster their win total. First off, but second off, I do think that the addition of Mike Conley is gonna gonna bolster their offense. It's gonna give them more offensive options, like Thornton just mentioned. Conley can play off the ball, and I think Conley will actually like enjoy the opportunity to get some off the ball time. I think uh, Mitchell will also enjoy the opportunity to get more off the ball time and kind of work together. Um, Bogdanovich gives them another score on their offense to kind of spread their offense around and kind of attack. I think. When we see lineups, because we're going to see a Conley, Mitchell, Ingles, Bogdanovich, um, Gobert lineup that's going to be able to play solid defense and put points on the board. And I think a lot of teams are going to roll into Utah after playing the Nuggets the night before and are going to have to see that front line and just be like, man, I don't want to deal with this tonight. And that's how, the, how they're, going to, they're going to churn out some wins. And yeah, integrating Conley and integrating a new ball handler is going to be tough, but I do think that because of their situation, they're going to be able to do it a little bit better than some of the other integrations that got to go on at the top of the Western Conference. And because of that, they're one of the teams that's got, I think, when we're looking at the top five of the West, I think I rank them second when it comes to how are they going to handle their integration slash what's their continuity benefit. Um, and that's why I have them at third. Um, I think I just think they're going to be able to handle it, handle it pretty well. Um, just because I think I know where my number five is on some of your guys' boards, Thornton, why don't we, why don't we get your number four? Uh, yeah, I I got Houston there. Okay. Um, I the only my only reservation against Houston is just the fact that uh, they I feel like their bench is a little thin when it comes to solid and quality players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that front line, your you know your Capella, Westbrook, Harden. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Um, but when it gets, like you said, I think what, what's going to hurt them is probably the first round of the playoffs, as usual, or the second round or something like that. But either way, I think they'll be a great team, but you'll just have to see how uh, the ball dominance of Westbrook and Harden goes back in time a little bit. Okay. Uh, Omar, where do you have Houston? I have Houston at number three. Okay. Um, James Harden is going to end up winning MVP again this season. Okay. Uh, I I think I think though obviously the reservations about Russ and Harden like playing together again like that's fair. But I think the my money is on them figuring it out and Mike D'Antoni being being able to strategize and really implement a system that plays to both of their strengths effectively. Uh, and all, all those players that Thornton listed, um, Capella, um, still have Tucker. I mean, they still have that nucleus. And I think I'm maybe on this island alone in saying that I think adding Westbrook actually helps them more than it hurts them um, in this in this sense. But yeah. So yeah, um, I think uh, I think. I agree with you, and I think we're going to see a stud James Harden season. I, I It seems like he's taking the uh, MVP loss personally. It seems to be the only thing he can talk about. Um, 
I have them at I, I have them at number I have them at number two. I think they're going to have a really good regular season. I think Russ Westbrook helps them tremendously for the regular season as well. Um, I'm interested to see how the playoffs pan out, but I do think they'll be the number two seed. I think they're going to win 50 plus again. Um, I think they're going to bring it every night. I think uh, honestly, I I think that Westbrook and Harden will make it work. I'm more worried about their institutional turmoil. That's there seems to be some significant turmoil within the organization uh, between Tillman Fertitta and Daryl Morey. I think it's only going to grow throughout the season. They fired the entirety of Mike D'Antoni's coaching staff except for D'Antoni. Um, they didn't give D'Antoni a, a contract extension. There's some significant stuff going on there in that way, and I do think we're going to see some of the effects of that. I don't know what that's going to turn into and when that's going to rear its head, but it's going to happen at some point. But I think for the regular season, they're still going to be able to buckle down and, and get a top three seed. And so I, I slotted them at number two here. And um, I expect that I expect to see great performances from both uh, Harden and Westbrook. Um, and I, I'd like I'm, I'm excited to see what their offense looks like and if it shifts at all. And then also how Westbrook does getting all if Westbrook still does what he did in OKC, getting that defensive rebound, ripping and running and how he goes from there. Um, and what he does, um, and and what that looks like throughout the regular season, and then how it has to morph in the playoffs, obviously. So, um, moving on, uh, Omar, do you have the Nuggets at four? If not, where do you have the Nuggets? Because I think we should do the Nuggets next. No, I have the Nuggets winning the Western Conference. Okay, great. In terms of the regular season. Okay, I also have the Nuggets at one in the West. Thornton, where do you have the Nuggets? Um... I have them winning the regular season. Oh, really? That surprises me. Okay, I, w- I just want you know where I wanted to go, Brooks. That's that, that's why that's why I was I was I was organizing it the way I did because I wanted to talk about the LA teams last because I knew you were high on them. But like, let's go ahead and do the Nuggets. Okay. I'm actually surprised we were all have the Nuggets won. Um, Omar, why do you have them won, and we'll build from there? Uh, because I love that uh, the big chubby white guy that they got <laughs> on on the Nuggets over there. No, I. Uh, obviously, I love the Joker. I mean, I, me, me and Brooks have been saying this for, for years, even before he started getting that hype after, uh, I think Chuck mentioned that he was big on the Joker, and then, like, he got some hype around him. But no, um, I, I like the Nuggets, and I think something that maybe, like, is, isn't like a mainstream narrative is I think Michael Porter is actually going to be a valuable asset this season. Yes. Um, as, aside from obviously you have Jamal Murray, Harris and those, and those guys, but aside from what you've seen and, and the depth they already have, I think Michael Porter is going to add some, a different kind of texture to, to the nuggets and um, they might pick up some games that they might've lost last season. Uh, because of some of the things he can do on the floor for them. Gotcha. Yeah, I think um, I think what we're going to see from Porter, it's going to be interesting so far. Um, like you said, Thornton, I don't take much from the preseason. What I have seen is that Porter 
has shown a willingness to play within the Nuggets system, which is which is a takeaway that I'm willing to, to accept and put some value in just because that's a stylistic thing. And if as long as he stays committed to that, that's something that I think will will pay dividends in the regular season. Production is not something that I'm I'm focused on in the regu- in the preseason, but styles of play and how its person integrates is something I, I'm I'm willing to put value in, and I, I like what I'm seeing from Porter Jr. Um, I think I think un, what's going to be super underrated is I think Jeremiah Grant is going to give them a ton. I think he's going to be a great uh, play next to Jokic. Um, I think what we see from him, with, you know, I think he's going to approximate what Paul Millsap does defensively and approximate what Paul Millsap does offensively and maybe even exceed it at times. And I'm really interested to see how that works. Thornton, quick, why do you have them at number one? Because I'm honestly surprised at this based on how you've talked about the L.A. team. So go ahead on why you have the Nuggets at one. Oh, it was a very hard way to put them there, Bruce. But you know, I mean, if we're talking regular, it's my my chance, my my choice of championship winner will not surprise you. But as far as winning the as far as winning the West, I believe they have the team with the deepest bench that you know they can suffer a couple injuries here and there. You know that guys throughout the season with the hectic parts of the um, season. Um, Definitely, you bringing up Brooks the sleep depri- sleep deprivation portion, the big talk of the uh, NBA this summer. Um, people having to go into Denver—that's a tough game to get, and that's the team that's built to where you look at them and you're not really. It's kind of one of those you look at them and you're like, "Oh, you got a big chubby white guy that's going to just pass all over me." You got Jamal Murray. You know, no one on that team really scares you. But the way that they play, they're they're they will always play hard and they'll play to the end, and they play as a team, and that's where they get guys. And I think, like you said, in implementing like you guys both mentioned, um, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be great. I, we haven't seen him play, but we know his potential. Um, he made playing in the system. I, you know, he he looked fluid, like you said in the preseason. I saw him make a couple plays. And he did look fluid within the system, and that was great to see. Like you said, it's good to see a player take their style and implement it into the system besides vice versa. Um, So I'll I'll be interested to see them play. I had them win the regular season, like I said, just because of those things. But, um, yeah, I'll leave it there. All right. So – uh, yeah, no, I get it, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm surprised you have the Nuggets where, where you have them, but it's good to hear. All right, you so, know what's coming, Brooks. You know. Uh, what's all right, coming so next. all right, I'll let you go next. Um, <laughs> let you get your out. So, give me your breakdown. Where you? So you have you have two and three open. So which LA team finishes second? Which finishes third? And then uh, what team do you have coming out of the West? Give me all, all three of those, uh, and give me a quick breakdown, and then we'll move we'll move to to Omar next. But go ahead. In Atlanta. The land of duos, here we are, um, but I got to pull it up. I'm being humble on this one. I'm going to be, I'm going to say L.A. Clippers. I'm going to say their defensive mindset takes them a long way and put them at two. Okay. Um, And then I'm going to put the Lakers at three. Okay. Uh, my pick out of the West is going to be the Lakers. Okay. We know this because I'm going to stick, stick to it simple and easy on this. Um, I mentioned in the last podcast a while ago when we talked about all the trade deadlines and after watching the preseason game, when I texted you and you you got on me, um, it was very 
nice to see the duos break back into the NBA or that duo style of basketball you have the duos bringing back but the best duo hands down as far as matchup wise cannot be matched up with is LeBron and AD um I I was really texting you Brooks happy because I have never seen people run a pick and roll so easily so smoothly and with the LeBron being the hand, the guy that's going to have the person, the ball in his hands at most times, I'm going to put him at the top of the MVP race because we're going to see his greatness. Not only at, we're not going to see his scoring, you know, 27, 28 points like usually. He's going to have like 10, 11 assists. I'm seeing closer to that per game. You know, I really see him closer to having like 25 and 10 probably around that range per per night because mm-hmm. what he's doing right now in the peak preseason, how that team's looking. Um, I know they have a lot of pieces where you, they're going to have to figure out their roles, but when you when you put them up against the Clippers, who, what big man do the Clippers have? You're not going to say Montrezl Harrell can guard AD. You're you're not going to say Zub, uh, Zub, is it Zubac? Yeah, Zubac yeah. can't guard. Zubac can't guard AD, Jabail McGee, or Dwight Howard. Um, you know, if they roll out any one of those lineups and decide to go big ball against the Clippers. What are they going to say? Quiet, get on AD. Uh, come on, because then that you're going to see what the Lakers did um, in the preseason game when Draymond Green decided to try to trap um, AD. Javale McGee is wide open under the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you 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 drop three people on LeBron. He throws a behind the back pass to a wide open person in the corner, Danny Green. You know, it's going to be scary, and I. I think this team's going to be scary. I think it's deeper than a lot of people are giving it credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really had them coming out the West, and they're they're my they're my pick to win the championship this year because oh, dude, nice. they're bringing back that Shaq and Kobe style ball, and you're going to see AD become a superstar. Okay, um, that's that's fair. Um, I, you already gave us that you got them as the NBA champion pick, so I was going to ask for that later, but that that works. Uh, Omar, you seem to ha- you seem to have some objections there. So you have two and four open. So which do you ha- where which uh, LA team do you have where and and why and then who is your West champion pick? Omar, let's I, watch. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. My <laughs> affirmation for Kawhi is well noted, but um, I have the Lakers at four. Okay. Uh, outside of Braun and AD, I just don't know how well the other role players integrate like what are we going to get from Avery Bradley for instance who I mean coming out of Boston like you thought he's going to be a great like a 3 and D guy on steroids but I mean obviously in more recent years you haven't really seen much from him so what are you going to get from guys like that um Alex Caruso is obviously the white MJ so I'm not worried about him (laughs) Caruso 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 is going to do his thing. No, but seriously, it's just kind of like a funky team. You got Dwight Howard on here, uh, an injured DeMarcus Cousins. Um, how is Kuzma going to integrate with AD and Braun? Uh, Braun has said he wants the offense to run through AD, right? I- I'm not often saying that. I have heard him say that in interviews. So I'm just interested to see how that works out in the long haul. And I, I actually think... Uh, the Clippers could give the Lakers some problems on the defensive end rather than the other way around. I mean, um, they, ha- they have dynamic wings, obviously, both Kawhi 
and PG. Obviously, I'm a huge Kawhi stand, but um, moving moving on to them, obviously, I have the Clippers at two. And I, I don't like how you just downplayed Montrez Harrell there, uh, Thornton. Obviously, he's not the player AD is, but he's still a dog. He's going to put up a... He's, gonna, he's, got, he's got a fight in him. And Zubak is better than both JaVale and... Who, who else did you say? The championship Zubak is better than both Dwight and... The championship Javelle goes to right LA. And if you're saying big on big, Omar, you're telling me Montrez Harrell and Zubak against the worst. Well, let's go. Like, I'm still taking JaVale Who is guarding Kawhi and White Who Who's guarding Kawhi and PG? That's a good question, but that's going to be defensively scheme. It's going to be Avery Bradley, Danny Green, one of the two. Oh, but then it's Danny Green ain't got that. Oh, if oh. they go, but listen, if they go, if they go to the rack, that's the point. If they go to the rack, they always have a rim defender. They have two, three, four rim defenders. And okay, that's we can agree. We, we, can agree to, we, we can agree to disagree. Um, but moving forward with my analysis of the Clippers, they obviously have the perennial sixth man of the year, Lou Will who's going to be able to space that floor. They have Landry Shamet, who I think it was a travesty that the Sixers gave him up in that deal for Toby, but it is what it is. The Sixers have him, who's going to space that floor. As well. Sorry, the Clippers have him, who's going to space that floor as well. I'm interested to see how Harkless is going to fit into all of this, but I just think that the Clippers have way too much they can throw, throw at so, like, I don't even know if the Lakers are going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm just Paul George's right arm now. is going to fall off before they even get to All Star break. <laughs> That's the one reservation I have. Brooks and quad as well, but in quad's thigh is just going to—they're going to get it transplanted with a robotic piece. So, so Omar, right. Omar who's your uh, pick to get out of the West? My pick to get out of the West. The eventual winner of the West will be the Los Angeles Clippers. Okay. So championship goes through. I have I have the Clippers at four and the Lakers at five. Um, and the, oh, the reason I, the reason I have both <laughs> the, the, re, the reason I have both the reason I have both all right the, yeah, reason, right the reason I have both so low. Let me let me speak my piece. I gave y'all your your time. Um, the Clippers and the Lakers both have have significant um, integrating of their team. They both both teams turned over a ton over the offseason. I think we're going to see both teams do significant load management. Uh, the Clippers have injury management to do right off the bat. Paul George is going to miss some games. They're going to injury manage Kawhi again because that worked perfectly for the Raptors, so why not do it again, and I expect them to. They also, I don't think either of these teams particularly need home court throughout the playoffs, whereas other teams, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Nuggets, are going to value home court, and these teams aren't. And I think we're going to see that come into play, and that's why we'll see it here. Um, they, both these teams kind of have to figure out how they're going to play, what their rotations are going to look like, and I think that's why we might see them lower on the standings between three and five rather than competing for the top two spots. Um when it comes to the Lakers, I have the Lakers a step lower. I think I think LeBron, both LeBron and AD are going to take some time off. And if one of them is out of the lineup, like like um, Omar said, they need, the Lakers don't have significant depth. So if one of them isn't in the lineup, their their team becomes a let's just funnel one guy around and see what happens. And and that it's just their their effectiveness will kind of fall off a cliff a little bit. And if AD is out. 
I don't expect their defense to give you much of anything. Um, AD is going to be their defensive anchor, and without AD out there, we know no matter how good LeBron is and no matter how much he brings it, LeBron is no longer a, a, a five-star defender in the in the regular season. Let's be very clear. In the regular season, LeBron isn't going to put up a five-star defensive effort if, if uh, KD's taking a night off and they're playing in Portland or something like that. We're not going to see... You know, stud LeBron getting all the chase down blocks, and that that's 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 the thing. I'm, I'm that's why I'm I've got them where where I have them is because I'm taking stuff like that into account. Um, I think both of these teams will be will improve and be better in the playoffs. I I think both of these teams will probably be active to see if they can improve in the trade markets. Um, I I I I have the Clippers coming out of the West because I think they're the more complete team. I think they have the more more options. Uh, Thornton, you're right, and I I agree 100. percent the Clippers, I think, need to find a big, but I do think they'll be able to find one either on the buyout market or with a trade. I think it's pretty easy to get a big defensive center who can just bang. And we, we know that Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center, so if the Clippers have a big defensive center that they're willing to guard AD with if he's got to play center, AD's not going to like that. I think that's an underrated factor we're going to see. AD wants to spread and play and attack. Kind of, He wants to go on the post when he can. He's got to... He's, slowly built up his post game to its very advanced. He wants to play small forward. And it's very good. Um, but he can also attack off the dribble. He's built like when he came into the league, he couldn't really do anything but dribble once. He's now got multiple combination dribble moves. He's built up this in very d- deep game and deep bag. But I still do think he's kind of hesitant to bang. That's why he's like, I don't want to play the five full time. And that's why they've got they've loaded up their roster with centers that they really don't need because his best position is the five. Um but I do think it's going to be interesting. The Lakers do not have a. I don't think LeBron wants to guard PG or Kawhi for a full game, and they LeBron don't have. LeBron wants no smoke with any of the wings on the Clippers. This is he doesn't need it. He's got seventeen. And oh. then and then he doesn't. And then on on top of that, the Lakers don't have a second wing guy. And if LeBron is like, I'm not feeling guarding one of them, they don't have two guys to guard them. So. That's not going to work. Um, Rondo <laughs> ate Pat Beverly, but guess who has Pat Beverly? The Clippers. <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, we, didn't even, so we didn't even touch on Pat And so um, I, I think the Clippers' this entire season is going to be working to be a 4-5 seed, but getting everybody healthy and being ready to roll in the playoffs, and that's when they become scary. I think the Lakers are going to take a similar tact, but they need to be focused on making a move because I do think they need to add a piece here. Um, like Omar said, I think the Lakers... Um, if they play Caruso more, I like their ceiling better because honestly, Rondo is a great, he's extremely heady about basketball. He knows the game so, so well, but he, you can take, you can tell he's taken a step back physically and sometimes he just doesn't give the effort. And whereas Caruso is a dog, um, I remember when Caruso was at Texas A&M and he used to tear us up. Um, he used to tear Auburn up and he would give guys that he had like guys so much superior to him athletically and you would think skill wise and make them look like idiots. Caruso is a dog and you don't want a part of him. Um, so I've got the Clippers coming out, out the West though. I think they've just got the more complete team. I think the ability to run bench lineups with Trez and Lou Williams and probably still score on the elite teams because we saw them do that to the elite teams last year is extremely effective for them because if Kawhi and PG needs a break, Lou Lou and Trez can go out there and be like, all right, we can give you, we can get you five minutes and we'll still go out there and find a way to score because we've seen them do and that. Landry, Landry's gonna and Landry, Yeah, too, so um, and that and so I have the Clippers uh, making the finals themselves. Um, and but I think it's gonna be close. I think the West is extremely competitive. I think basically the thing with the west is if the rockets clippers or lakers have a significant injury the doors the door immediately opens for the nuggets or the jazz to 
make a make a move for or you know have a chance at the finals um basically i think that the rockets the clippers and the lakers should be considered the favorites for the nba finals out of the west unless an injury hits in which case then the nuggets of the jazz should would step in because one injury away is all they need to be like well we have all this abundance of of pieces that we can make work um but i think it's going to be an exciting race out there and i think the playoffs are going to be really interesting so uh before we wrap up Thornton already gave us his NBA championship pick, but let's finish, yeah, right. let's finish it off. Thornton, give me your MVP. You already said your championship pick, so we know you're taking the Lakers. But give us regular season MVP. You know, we know you got the Lakers because of the because of uh, LeBron and AD. And then give one crazy prediction for the season, and that'll be it. Um, you already mentioned Hero for Rookie of the Year. That could be your crazy prediction, or you can come up with a new one. All right, um, I gotta go. LeBron MVP. Um, what? I- <laughs> yeah, you heard you heard it right. Thorne Thorn looks like Thorne's a Lakers fan now. I'm not a Lakers fan. Come on, bro. Come listen, on. hold on. We know listen, he's been he's literally supposed to have been the MVP and got just I what? guess what do we call it? Um He's in the he's in the race every single time. Oh, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna have this conversation. Not last season. Alright. Not last season. He still dropped Oh my god. He was hurt on a worst season. What did he still average? Bro, okay, We're, we can have this argument another time. Just we can't. Ahead. We can't. You're right. So I'm gonna just go with Brian. Um, Brian, you know, no injuries or anything. I think we're gonna see him take. Um, we're gonna see an old Brian. It's gonna be carrying a team to a championship in a different way, not necessarily being the head guy. It's gonna be AD's the guy that leads everything. But you're gonna see the floor general LeBron this year, and I'm excited to see it. So it's gonna be some crazy highlight passes, a lot of stuff like that all year long. That's my pick. Crazy prediction, though. Um, you guys know I like Tyler Hero, but now I'm going to have to. Uh, my crazy pick is that the Pelicans sneak into the playoffs. Okay. Okay, well, you didn't have that when we were ranked. Yeah. That, that's just because this is my thought. Like, this is this is just a wild, crazy thought. So, like, yeah. So, so yeah, like, if you were bet, if you, so if you were betting on it, you would bet on the eight you provided, but if you're going to get crazy with it, you think the Pelicans are going to sneak in. Yeah, barring Zion loses 20 pounds before the season starts next Tuesday. I mean, he's already Zion's injured. Zion's out for like eight weeks, right? Not eight weeks. They said, they said, they said they're not ruling him out for Tuesday, so he still could play, but he is injured. So. Yeah, he's not playing. All right. Yeah, he's not playing. All right. Omar, you're up next. MVP, NBA champion, crazy prediction. MVP, I think I already said, was James Harden. Okay. Like you said, that's he's kind of disgusted at the fact he didn't get it last season. Yeah, and, I mean, bro, if he if he hits a couple of those one-legged shots in the in in season games, like I mean, that's gonna be nice. I love I love Honestly, how that has nothing that has nothing to do with the M- him getting the yeah. MVP, your man but. thinks he invented that when we all tried that sh- that that shot when we were five in the playground. But yeah, James Harden invented that. I'm sure. That. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's going to do it at the highest level of basketball. And he's not going to make them. He's not going to make them consistently. I would send every clip of Harden making that this season yeah. to Brooks just to piss him off. Brooks like, will send you the actual numbers. It's like, Steph, it's like when Steph shoots half-court shots. Steph will make... We, we highlight Steph shooting half-court shots because, like, instead of making, like... Two percent of them, he makes like eight percent. It's the same thing that's going to happen with Harden. Harden, instead of making like two percent of those shots, maybe he makes like fifteen percent. It still shouldn't be something celebrated. It's dumb. It's not going to work. It's a parlor trick. That's it. 
Like, <laughs> it's too classy. Like Kyrie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Bro- Brooks hates when people step outside of fundamentals. That's not what I'm saying. It's not. Fu- it's not stepping outside of fundamentals. It's dumb. Like, I'm, the the thing that if it gives him an edge over the competition, then it's beneficial to his game. I think and my. Not, I don't know how many of those he'll take. But obviously, the step back has been working for for years. The step back is a great shot. I'm not. I will. I'm yeah. not hating on the step back. I'm just hating on the concept that a one-footed three-point runner that's that you take going to the wrong direction and you just throw up because you have no other options is something that he invented and he thinks is some kind of like offensive revolution. When, like I stated before, we all did that when we were learning basketball and didn't know how to play like regular. He's just taking something that like people who don't know how to play do and acting like it's an offensive revolution and it's not and the fact that the media covers it like it's a serious move is a breakdown it's like how the media covered donald trump like he's a serious person when he's a crackpot and now look where we're at that it's the same situation but all right all right all right off of that tangent go ahead we don't want to we don't want to devolve james harden did help revolutionize the offensive nba game uh, we're not. That's not up for debate. We can. James Harden is is my. Yeah, he got people to the foul line more. All right. All right. MB, all right. You, keep going. Keep whatever going. Whatever you want to say, he play, he plays the game sound in a sound manner, and he gets more points than anyone else in the history before giving the ball up to the other team. So there's that for James Harden. I have him as my MVP. My finals pick is Kawhi Leonard. Um, I think Kawhi becomes the first player to win. Okay, so you're picking the Clippers to win the finals. Win the finals with three different teams, win the finals MVP. Uh, I do think the Clippers, like you said, alluded to earlier, Brooks, I do think the Clippers need to make one move just to beef up that front court a little bit. And if they do make that move, I have the Clippers winning the finals over Giannis. Although it would be a great redemption story for Giannis to mm-hmm. uh come back and, and serve some of that medicine that uh, Kawhi gave him last season that's in, a over in the Eastern Conference Finals. That, that's a straw man, uh, but okay. Let's, <laughs> let's keep on going. What? What? No, no, no. Tell, what do you disagree with there? The idea that, like, Kawhi dominated Giannis, and that's the reason that the the, the Raptors won that series, but that's here, neither here nor there, which is a crazy prediction. No, that's not what I said. That's what, that's exactly what you said. You said no, no, I no. Brooks did did Kawhi not lock up Giannis in a couple of those? Not lock him up, but he obviously deterred quite a bit in a couple of those the later half of those games, in the later half of that of that series. I'm I'm pulling up the game logs now. Oh Oh, you done messed up now. He's going to get the data. He's going to get the data. Oh. So, what what do you define as locking up? Because over the last three... No, no, no. I, I, I take back locking up, obviously. So, he made it hard on him. I mean, he, he definitely made it harder on him. That That's for sure. I will agree with that. Um, he had it looking kind of shook. In a couple, I don't know if it was game three or game four, but Giannis... Game, th- game three, Giannis played bad. I mean, Giannis had a positive plus-minus, but his, his stat line was not great. I mean, he only had 12 points... He, he was only 5 of 16, although he did have 23 rebounds and 7 assists, so it's kind of like a give-or-take thing. He did have his most turnovers in the series in Game 3. but Okay, sure, that's what I'm referring to. That's the only thing I'm referring to. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that Kawhi fundamentally shut down Giannis okay. in that 
that led to them winning this series. I'm just saying, like, Kawhi did play a role in stifling Oh, yeah, for Giannis. sure. For and, sure. It'd be, and it'd be cool to see Giannis kind of serve some of that same medicine to, to Kawhi. Yeah, but, okay. And then your crazy uh, prediction? My crazy prediction. Uh, I think the Kings' backcourt will average 45 points. Okay. Jesus. So the backcourt of... Is yeah, this buddy? And buddy is this Hill. buddy? Well, yeah. Buddy Hill is disrespected. He may not be there. What What are you saying? Uh, Buddy Hill was disrespected by the uh, offer they gave him ninety mil for what? Yeah. Two, three? Is he? Buddy did Is like he that. on the? Is he on the team for the next season? I don't. I, not for long. I mean, he's. Def- I think he's definitely going to be there all year this year. It's just kind of how we go from there. So disgruntled. So it does right. sound crazy. I'm just like how crazy it he's, sounds. He's still, he's still going to ball out, I think. And that, I guess, I don't know, is that not crazy enough? Yeah. Whatever. He's a, dis- that's he's pretty, a that's, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Um, all right, so uh, for mine, I'm going to go. The MVP is hard. I'm, I'm waffling between two here. Um, I think I'm going to go uh, Steph Curry here. I think he's just going to put the Warriors on his back. Um and we're going to see just like an MVP-level season from him. Um, I think that, honestly, I think there's that voter fatigue is a legitimate thing with the MVP voting, and I think that... I, I, think, I, I don't think we're going to see back-to-back MVPs often or ever unless Giannis goes, like, absolutely insane. I don't think they're going to give it to Harden again unless, like, again, I think they have to win, like, 55-plus. Harden has to a- average, like a 30-point triple-double or something crazy because I think all the other stuff around it makes it, like, less platable to vote for Harden. People just don't want to do it. Um, and I think that's part of it. I think if Steph goes crazy and we see, like, a return to old Steph and the fun returns for Steph, I, or, like, we just see super fun old Steph, I think that's going to be enough. Um, uh, for my NBA champion, I'm going to pick the 76ers. I think they've got top to bottom. They've got a ton of talent, I think. Brooks is a closet Sixers fan. I'm not. I'm just... I think, based on what we've seen, they've got the most. They're going to be rock solid defensively. They've got the bodies to guard everybody in the in the NBA. I think they're going to find a way to score. Um, the same problems that the Clippers have with the Lakers are going to be doubled with the the Seventy Sixers because Embiid is an absolute monster on the block, and he's not afraid to go down there and just punish people, and he will do that. Uh, relentlessly, and at the same time, it's not like you can just throw one of your wings on him because he got. As we've got the new measurements, it's not like he Embiid's actually six nine like Anthony Davis is. Embiid's legitimately six eleven, so it's it's enough of a difference that like you can't just saddle Paul George Kawhi on him and be okay. Like you're gonna have to put a big man on him, um, and they don't have the guys to put on him, and I think that's enough of a difference. Um, and I so I think I've got the 76ers in the championship. As for my crazy prediction, um, I think mine is just going to be that uh, Zion doesn't win Rookie of the Year. I think he's already injured now. If he doesn't lose weight, he's going to be off injured throughout the season. And I think John Morant's going to have a crazy year. They're not going to be a good team, but he's going to put up numbers. And the Rookie of the Year traditionally goes to someone who puts up numbers, even if they're on a terrible team. And so I'm, I'm going to go with John Morant over Zion as the crazy prediction, just because I think Zion's going to be off injured. So... How dare okay. you? I'm not mad at that. I don't think that's that's that crazy. Though. Um, but yeah, that that's what I'm that's what I've got going. Uh, thanks guys uh, for coming on. I thought this was pretty good. 
Uh, we got into some pretty good analysis, some pretty good uh, disagreements. We actually agreed in some places where I was surprised. Um, but that, that's, that's the fun of it. So um, thank you for joining, and we will talk to you guys next week.